Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ. Happy Sunday! It's Kirsten Kirschbaum along with my best friend, Danielle Daniel. Hey! Hello, everybody. Welcome to their podcast. Super, super excited to have you guys with us and just want to start off by sharing really why we decided to do this, right? Everything starts with a why, with a desire that was placed in our hearts, we believe, by our Savior, Jesus Christ, and most importantly, want to provide a place where we can all gather and reflect on insights that have to do with the gospel and Rev- relevant topics, right? Like things that we're thinking. And, and I promise you that we will be honest, that we will share our true feelings, our true experiences, and um, hoping that it will be an inspiration to all of you, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Kirsten and I, you know, we've been friends for a long time. We're going to share a little bit about our story. But what's amazing is that through all the experiences we've had as, as friends for almost 20 years now, it's always brought us closer to our savior. And we wanted to share a lot of the deep conversations and insights that her and I've been able to um, have together with many other women around, you know, the globe, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things about our relationship, and this is what kind of, you know, prompted the idea all of a sudden we were talking and I thought we should record this. (laughs) Like this is such a gift for us. And I think all of us, all of you listening have that one friend that you can always talk to about the gospel, right? About questions that you have and insights that you felt. And we want this to be that. We want to share those insights with you. And so we wanted to give you a little bit of backstory about how we met and what those first you know, years were like for us in developing our own relationship as well as our relationship that centers around the gospel. And so Danielle and I met in San Diego, San Diego. (laughs) We were um, in college at San Diego State, and I have always been someone that, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, I'm I'm quite rebellious. Um, However, I look at it now as an adult in the light of, I always have questions. I'm always questioning why, 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 you know? And so if I don't have straight up answers, then I have a tendency to kind of wander around until I get it, you know? And sometimes those paths have definitely led me off the straight and narrow path, you know, just figuring things out on my own. And, um, you know, I think I gave my parents a lot of heartache and I'd like to formally apologize to them for that (laughs) many times as I have, but I was very um, lucky to have met Danielle and, and it really wasn't luck. It was a blessing. And I think when the Lord saw the two of us as his daughters we've imagined many times, right? Like maybe heavenly father's kind of giggling like, Oh, (laughs) look at these two. Like I could, I could help them meet each other and they could strengthen each other's lives. Right. So when I met Danielle, um, again, in college, she was the relief society president and I was semi-active. Um, we can get into that a little bit more as well, but you know, I would go to church and I've always paid my tithing, which I thought was important. Uh, I used to actually think, well, if I can't follow all their rules, at least I can give them some money. <laughs> I told you I was going to be honest, okay? So 
anyway, I think that actually anchored me in pretty strongly, which is great. Um, but Danielle reached out to me as, as a friend and she was inspired to invite me to um, go on a, a visiting teaching date, actually. And we went to Jamba Juice. And I'll never forget when we were sitting in this Jamba Juice right in San Diego. And she asked me about, you know, what I wanted to do. I was, I was actually dating a guy at the time. I'd been dating him for a while. And I told her that I wanted to get married in the temple. And, and I think she, she was like, oh, oh, good. Yeah, this is, this is nice. Like, you know, and anyway, um, I wasn't necessarily acting accordingly, I must say, but I had that desire, right? And so Danielle became someone who I could share my deepest spiritual desires with. And I knew that that was a safe space um, to do that without judgment, actually. I think, I mean, I don't know what she was thinking. She can share. <laughs> what were you thinking when we went to Jamba Juice, Danielle? Well, I wasn't judging, that's for sure. I thought you were amazing. I, as Relief Study President of the Singles Ward, I actually had a list of women um, that needed extra little help to come to church a little more often, let's just say. <laughs> yes. And I just prayed over, like, who should I reach out to? And your name was so clear. I don't even remember anybody else's name that I was supposed to reach out to at the time. but And your name was so clear to me. And, you know, I just wanted to have fun. So we went to Jamba Juice and um, when you were telling me when you wanted to go to Mary in the temple, I thought that was amazing. I definitely was like, well, we need to work on a few things then, but, <laughs> but I thought it was just awesome. And I, I loved that, um, you had such a desire and passion even then for things like of the gospel. I know you had these amazing parents that brought you up that way. And I, I definitely have an opposite background, which we're going to talk about another time, but just, I just could see how that grounded you even though you may not have lived it all for those years, it grounded you. And that was really the truest innate desire that you had. Yeah, absolutely. So this relationship that we forged really in the beginning has always been centered around the gospel. When, when I think about, you know, Oh, I had, I, I went to the temple and I had this really cool insight. Honestly, Danielle is the first person that I want to share it with. I want to call her. And we do this really fun thing where we will, you know, if we're together at her house and we'll be walking around her house and we'll go in one room and we're talking about this amazing insight or this question that we have that we're uncomfortable with even, you know, and really digging in together and inviting the spirit to be a part of our conversations. And that has really, it's really been, <clears throat> it's been a constant throughout our relationship. I actually have this very special journal that I was given when I graduated from high school. And during one of those um, moments at church, and I got to tell you, you know what Danielle used to do to me, you guys, she would invite me, <laughs> she would invite me to say the closing prayer during Relief Society. At, at the end of Relief Society, right? So this is the third hour. And I'm just like, I remember one time I was sitting in there and my boyfriend was waiting for me out in the parking lot. And he was like texting me like, where are you? Like, I thought, we, I thought you were going to leave early. I thought we were going, you know? And I'm like, I know, but she asked me to say the closing prayer. Like, I can't let her down, you know? And I, I didn't, I stayed and, and she knew how to keep me anchored. And it, it wasn't a... Vin, you know, it wasn't a sneaky way of doing things. She was partnering with our savior even then to bring me back into where I needed to be. And I um, had this journal that 
I um, brought to church and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big note taker. So I was the one in high school that would always get in trouble for writing notes to my friends, right? And my, my embarrassing notes would get read at the front of the math class. <laughs> so I love writing notes to my friends. And so I had this journal and I wrote to her how I was feeling that day. And I still have it. And all of these years later, um, the first entry was actually July 25th, 2004. And, and my first sentence says, I feel like this is so monumental. And what a beautiful opening statement. I can see the Lord looking at our friendship and feeling like, wow, this is monumental. So I'm still writing in this journal all these years later. And it was when I was reflecting and you know, pondering Danielle likes to call it PPM. I'll let her explain that to you, you know, um, in another time. But I was doing my PPM, which stands for, what is it? Pray, ponder, and meditate. Yes. I was pray, pon- praying, pondering, and meditating in this journal. And it hit me very clearly that the Lord wanted us to share our friendship with all of you, that he wanted us to share the insights that we have had during our friendship and will continue to have. And And I know that, again, like there's so many of you who have had those insights as well in your friendships. And it is our blessing and responsibility to share that with others. I feel very strongly that where we are members of Christ's church, that there's so many things that will be confusing for people and, and myself included, I've been confused about things. Danielle has been confused about things and really seeking the truth. And we want you to know that we will always do our best to be in alignment with the spirit, inviting the spirit to this conversation so that we can all continue to draw closer to Christ. And um, that really started with our friendship and it means the world to us, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I learned the most, and I, we want you to be able to take away as we're, you know, this, this our po- first podcast, and we're talking to you about how we met in our relationship with some insights of things you can take away of what you can do for other people or what other people have been able to do for you. But one of the things that for me, like, just really struck me was that all that time that Kirsten, you know, wasn't fully anchored in going to church and just being there every single Sunday, but she paid her tithing. Like she paid it and that anchored her. It really did. And just obeying this one law, I remember in my mission, my mission president would tell us there is one law that has the most blessings and that's the law of the tithing. So make sure no matter what you do, you pay it. And I just remember that hitting me going, okay, that, that's the one like guarantee that I can have to help myself stay anchored in Christ, stay faithful. And she was doing that, even though her life, you know, wasn't really um, fully aligned with the church or, you know, the teachings at the time she was anchored with the tithing. And I remember thinking that is probably what brought her back because it has so many blessings to the law of the tithe. Right. Right. Thank you. It's, it's, um, it's true. I think it's a little hard for me to even receive like praise for that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I was just paying money. I don't know, you know, but it's true. Like there's a truth there. And it reminds me that I, I actually really believe that God will keep his children safe. You know, he will 
keep all of us safe when we follow certain aspects of the gospel. So even though none of us are perfect and you know what, I actually I'm feeling into like discussing none of us are perfect. Like, don't you feel like sometimes at church when someone says, or in a conversation, well, none of us are perfect, but like I, sometimes I'm kind of like, yeah, but I don't know if you're really allowing the depth of like what not being perfect is. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, um, None of us are perfect, but I used to pay my tithing, but I did lots of other things that would not be considered, you know? And so what does that mean? Like if there's listeners even now that are like, okay, I'm not even paying my tithing. So what does that mean for me? You know, like, what does that mean? What do you think it means for the savior to keep us still? We're still his, he still knows us. Yeah. You know, what I have, you know, what, one of the things I would say is, being, we are not worthy of him. Right. But, um, but we are fully worthy. The second we turn our lives over to him, as soon as we, and, and the funny thing is, is the adversary likes to make us feel worthless, worthless and worthy are two different things. Feeling worthless is just his tool to make us, you know, miserable, make us beat up on ourselves or what all that. So if you're beating up on yourself or you're, you're doing anything that's like making you feel worthless, that absolutely does not come from the savior. And it does not come from being not worthy. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference. And so what I think is really important to remember in this is when you feel when you realize that you're not worthy and that you can go, I can turn this over to the savior and just go, look, I haven't been paying my tithe and I haven't been going to church every Sunday, but I want to be close to thee and just tell him you want to be close to him. He'll guide you. And the experience that I can relate to you guys is I didn't grow up in an um, active family. And when I was 20, I was just, I felt lost and I had not been living my life in accordance with, you know, any gospel principles at all. And I just, I remember kneeling down on my bed one night, all my friends had gone out to a party and I just didn't feel like going. And I just felt so blah and felt so unhappy and so lost. And so I just, I knelt down by my bed and I, and this is out of college. I went to Dixie college at this time, right out of high school. And I just said, I don't even know why I was praying to God. I just was like, I feel so unhappy and lost. And I got the idea. I just turned to him in a little prayer, not even sure of what I was saying or who I was praying to at the moment because I felt so unsure. And I got the idea to grab my scriptures. I somehow had brought my scriptures with me to college and I grabbed them and started reading them. I didn't even, I don't even remember what I read. I just opened them and in my life and that moment actually little by little turned my entire life around. And so that's what, that's what it's not about being um, worthy in the sense of like maybe gospel stuff, but we're not always worthy in his presence. But if you just turn to him, he just guides you to be in, to be on the path again. And that's all that matters. What a, what a beautiful example. I, I feel like I should share my time of turning around. Um, I've, I've, I've had, two very specific times. <laughs> I've turned around and then I, and then I turned around again. <laughs> okay. Some of us have to turn around a, a few times. Um, but there was a moment in high school. So I'll give you a little bit of background too. So I was raised in Southern Utah. Speaking of Dixie college, I also went to Dixie college. I was raised in hurricane. I'm the oldest of five kids. My parents are amazing. Like 
I mean, truly like true. They're like the parents, right? So they are incredible people and they raised me like the very, gave me everything. Right. And I, appreciated all that. And, and I, and I did, I got my young woman's, you know, recognition award and I was Miss Hurricane. And at the same time, you know, I was smoking pot. Like, <laughs> I mean, Hey, I told you, you know, like it was just, I needed to try everything. I'm just like that. I need to like experience all these different aspects of my reality, my existence to figure out like at the core of who I am, what is real. Right. So I had made some mistakes in high school and nothing too crazy, but, you know, definitely felt, you know, the need to repent and turn my life around. And, you know, I wanted to get my patriarchal blessing. I got it when I was 17. And right before that, I had repented and I was a lifeguard and I was sitting up on my lifeguard chair and I had just repented and I, I felt really good at the time. But then right after that, the adversary just came in and was just like, you are worthless. Right. And I was feeding into that and I was just sick. And I, I must have been sitting up on this lifeguard chair with just this completely forlorn look on my face. And I was lifeguarding for a private party that someone, you know, I don't remember who it was, but one of the uh, people who was there was a local seminary teacher. And he wasn't even my teacher, actually, he was for a different class. But he walked up to me and he looked up at the chair and he looked at me and he said, Kirsten, you are worthy no matter what Satan wants you to believe. And it, it was like, I got struck by lightning. Like it was directly from the savior. And I, I was just, I kind of looked at him like he shocked me, you know, I was like, wow, thank you. I, I'll never forget that moment. And I knew like that my sins were forgiven and that I was worthy to, to feel the spirit. I was okay. I mean, cause I think when we, when we want to turn our lives back around, you know, of course the adversary and all those legions that are thought they had you are like grasping to get you back. Right. And so that was a really important moment for me. And, and I went on for the next few years and, and did some really good things, you know, as being a good girl, following all the rules, you know, and then I, you know, again, got into a relationship, went to college. Um, you know, he, he was a nice guy. I was doing the best I could, but, you know, not always making the, the best decisions, right? And so I got, I got myself stuck in a deep hole. And it was in San Diego right when I met you. And it was after we had gone to Jamba Juice. And I had said out loud, I want to get married in the temple, but like to say that, and then to, you know, my life wasn't really in alignment with that. So it felt weird. Right. And there was a moment that I laid on the floor at my ex-boyfriend's house at, I went downstairs in his living room and I laid on the floor and I sobbed. I mean, like heaving, like sobbing and just pleading with heavenly father. And I have never, ever felt so humble and rocked to my core in saying to him, I have completely messed up. I mean, like, I am so sorry. And I did it all on purpose. I knew, I knew what I was doing and I did it anyway. And I'm sorry. You guys can, I mean, I'm like, I'm crying now because I'm like remembering, you know, I was like, the, the emotion there was so real for me. And I just said in like the most humble way, like, will you still help me? Like, even though like I am not worthy, but like 
I have a really, really strong desire to come back, but I can't even do this alone at all. <laughs> like I am so far gone, like in all the things that I'm doing, like with my friends and my work and my relationships, like every single thing in my life, except for my relationship with like Danielle and my family will have to change. And what happened from that moment on was just purely a miracle. It was just heavenly father, just picking me up like a father and saying, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, this is me. I was going to say, and I was going to say like, he was saying like, Oh yeah, you're kind of an idiot, but I'll help you. But no, he wasn't. He never said that. That was me, me saying you're an idiot or Satan saying you're an idiot. Heavenly father just picked me up and said, I love you. I've got you. I will do this. I will take you out of everything that you have created. This entire mess that you have created for yourself, I will fix it. And he did miracle after miracle. Right after that, I got a new job. I got an opportunity to move away from San Diego because honestly, San Diego was not big enough for me to, there was no place in San Diego that I could have lived that would have gotten me out of the situation. I had to leave. And I was given the most amazing opportunities, a home to buy, a new job. And I moved to Las Vegas and I met my husband, Kyle Kirschbaum, <laughs> who is awesome. I met him within, I don't know, three weeks, two weeks. Yeah. Of, of moving there. And it was instant. And it was like, I never could have asked for all of the miracles and blessings that followed. And the point is, is there are these pivotal moments and maybe some of you have had these pivotal moments multiple times, right? And my invitation to you is to stop having judgment for each time you have had to pick up and turn back around, right? Because the savior is always there, no matter how many, 70 times seven, right? <laughs> Whatever that means in our day and age, but I think it means infinity. So um, those are those key moments, right? Yeah, we're never, we're never too far gone. We've never in that, you know, just back to, I love your story. I love your conversion story because it really relates to so many people where you just feel like, yeah, but I might mess up again doesn't matter. He still will pick you up. He still wants to make your life even better than you could ever imagined it for yourself. And I just, I love that you shared um, your two moments um, that really anchored you to the savior to know that you have a place with him and that no matter what, how much time has passed, no matter what you've done, he is nothing is too big for him. If you turn it over to him, and I know like when I was, the key for me was to just have a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of belief in myself. I didn't have a lot of understanding or knowledge of what I was doing. I just had a hope that I could be happier. And, and that's all it takes with him. And so he, he's so amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, we love him. <laughs> it's, yeah, we've both that. We've got a lot of amazing things to share with you guys about our own personal lives and, and just how the Savior's been able to work in our lives and then how we've, you know, really studied how he works in our lives. I, my background is in psychology, and so studying the brain and the mind and our thoughts have been an, a huge piece of my, you know, doctorate studies. And so it all brings me back to the gospel and how our creator 
created our brain and our mind and our thoughts and what is really going on around us. And so we're, we're excited to really dive into each week, just different experiences that um, you can relate to and you can apply into your lives so that you can know the savior better. Cause that's really the whole point, no matter where you're at with your testimony, no matter where you're at with your church activity, your tithing, it doesn't matter. What matters is that relationship with the savior and how to develop that, that will anchor you. And no matter, you know, what it is that's going on in your life and no matter what it is you're supposed to do in life. That is so beautiful. I have to add one little piece. I love how you brought in the creator and how he created our brains and he created all this. So one thing that I think about when we have to constantly turn back to him, right? Turn back in big conversion stories and just turn back in small conversion stories each week and each day. One thing that I, one insight that I've had is he created us that way. So there's not, there's no judgment to be had about the number of times. Like, (laughs) I don't want to say like, it's God's fault that I have to turn back to him all the time, but like, That's the intention, I believe. That is the intention that the atonement is there for us. The atonement of Jesus Christ is there for us. And it's not something that like only bad people have to use or only good people have to use. Or It's actually like a gift. And he's like, hey, here's a present for you. And I've actually created you so that you actually do have to use the present. (laughs) You know, so for us to refuse the present or to think, oh, I'm, I'm too good for that present, or I don't need that present. I've got it, right? I've got it has got to be one of like the most, I don't know, it's silly. It's asinine. It's, it's kind of ridiculous actually to say, oh, I've got it. I've got this one, Jesus. I don't need you. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't need that. You know? And he's just kind of like, uh, yeah, we, we actually all do. So it's okay. And he created us to to that, you know, to that effect. So he created us to do a lot of amazing things together. And I am so grateful that we're able to share this with all of you guys. Yeah, I agree. So, so excited to be on this podcast with you guys. And I'll just kind of end with the PPM. So it's um, pray, ponder and meditate. And what it is, is, I mean, I know they all three are different, but what I have been doing that's helping me with this, the small parts of turning things over to him every single day is, at night, I'll have about an hour where it's either I lie in bed or I'm on my balcony and I just sit and I reflect on my day. What, what did I do? What did, what could I have done better in that day? And I, I honestly, and then, so I, I'm actually asking in prayer in my mind. And then what I do is I look for the thoughts that come that are instructing um, to me. And I find that the thoughts that come are usually just loving. And so I'll give you a little example. I went to dinner with a friend a few weeks ago and she's from um, church and, and I, I had a great time with her, but I didn't feel like we connected. And I was like, what did, you know, I didn't know what it was. And so we, I came home, I did my little PPM and I'm on the balcony and I'm just like, I had fun. I really like her is, you know, what could I, you know, what, what would it, what didn't go well, you know, and I'm just trying to kind of you know, ask questions in my prayer. And then I'm pondering and I'm listening to any thoughts that come. And it was interesting. I got this thought that came right in my mind and it was like a total non-judgment thought. It was just like, you could listen more. I'm like, thanks. And I just, I felt like it was said. And like, I felt like it was just this thought of just so much love. Like 
yeah, I mean, you could listen more. I'm like, you're right. I kind of talked a lot, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like, I didn't feel like, um, so, and so the adversary would be the one like, Oh, you talk to me. The adversary is the one that's going to make you feel like that. Okay. That's not how the savior works. And I've been learning that as I do the PPM every single night, I kind of will just sit there. I'll meditate, clear my mind. And then I'll, um, listen to, you know, talk to him and I'll listen to thoughts that come in and just get ideas. And I get a lot of clarity and it, what it does is it helps me instead of feeling like weird about coming home from dinner with this girl. Then I thought, Oh, that's right. I could do that better. And I, I'm going to get better at that as a friend to other people. So it's just, that's what PPM is. I just encourage you to give it a little whirl (laughs) is just listen to the thoughts that come in, gain clarity and just have hold a space for love for yourself because anything opposite of that comes from the adversary. It really does. It's not from him and it's not innate from you. It comes from the adversary. And that has like been the key for me that's helped me to, become closer to Christ when I realized the root of it, then I realized the root of it wasn't me. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not awful. It's him making me feel like I'm awful, but the savior makes me feel wonderful. And so, so just realizing that, that anything that's not given to you from love, a place of love and understanding is not from the savior and you know who it's from if it's not from him. So that was a big relief and you know, aha moment for me. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I am so excited for the future, for what's to come. We have so many insights to share with you guys. Um, These are our deepest thoughts and conversations, and we're really, really blessed to be able to share them with you. So we're, we're hoping that you'll follow along with us, that you'll be a part of this community with us. If you feel like you've been inspired, you are certainly welcome to invite others to listen and experience the joy that we find in coming closer to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us on the Sisters in Zion podcast. Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday Best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.